If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, listeners. Welcome to Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs, episode 227. No, we are not discussing the theme song from the show. Alas, I, I actually may have Ooh, a, a Mary. little couple couple mild regrets um, about those choices, but we're going to find out about Mark's choices in just a second. Before we do, I'm your co-host, Sarah D. Bunting, and I am here, as always, with the country with a capital C, Mark Blankenship. Hey, y'all. <laughs> well, hey, hon. I am so glad to be here. You know, I've heard about your papa, and I just want you to know I've been praying about him. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> Okay, so if the accents, if the accents haven't given it away, we are talking about a country song today. We are in fact talking about the song "She's in Love with the Boy," the debut single by Trisha Yearwood. It was released in '91, and it shot to number one on the country charts, uh, establishing Trisha Yearwood as a star who carries on to this day. She has her own cooking show. She's married to Garth Brooks. She and Garth Brooks are currently, as we record this, in the top 30 of the country charts with a remake of Shallow from A Star Is Born. Like, that's wow. just, I just, I need you to Those know that Those words exists. in that order just, I think I had a stroke. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, the Trisha Yearwood Garth Brooks Shallow was something we didn't know we didn't need, but now we do. <laughs> <laughs> funny because it's true (laughs) but we do need i think she's in love with the boy and sarah what i'd love to do is set up this clip which is going to take a little bit of uh exposition then i'd love to have you talk about it for a bit because i also have this whole other thing i need to discuss but i don't want it to just be like 50 minutes of me uninterrupted monologuing if that's all right with you that is fine okay so one of the greatest things i think about country music one of the greatest pleasures is The moment in a country song when a chorus that you've heard multiple times suddenly repeats but has a different meaning, the the wit in that type of writing is incredibly enjoyable and seems almost exclusively reserved for country music in American popular forms. And to my mind, She's in Love with the Boy, written by a man named John Imms, I-M-S, has one of the best examples of this twist of all time in this song. So here's what happens in the first two verses of She's in Love with the Boy. 
Trisha Yearwood, as a third-person narrator, sings about Katie and Tommy, who are hitting all of the signifiers for country authenticity in their relationship. Mm -hmm. There's, like, chickens on the ground outside Katie's house. They go to a drive-in movie and then a tasty freeze. I made a list. I made a list. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's like... It is truly a checklist of things that country songs are supposed to reference so that they can be, quote, authentic. But ironically, Mm -hmm. that makes them inauthentic. Anyway. But... Um, but in the song, the premise is that Katie's dad, or daddy, obviously, doesn't yep. want them to be together. And he keeps saying in the chorus, that uh, her daddy said he wasn't worth a lick. When it came to brains, he got the short end of the stick. But Katie's young, and man, she just don't care. She'd follow Tommy anywhere. She's in love with the boy. Okay, that brings us to the third verse, when Katie and Tommy come creeping up the walk. They've just gotten engaged outside the Tasty Freeze. And her dad is waiting up for them, and he says, young lady, get on into your room while me and Junior have a talk, okay? So you've got this very specific scene set of Junior's about to get his ass kicked by Daddy. (laughs) Katie's got to go up into her room. She's in trouble. And then the following clip is what happens in the narrative immediately after Daddy threatens to kick Tommy's ass. Her daddy's waiting up till half past twelve When they come sneaking up the wall he says, young lady, get on up to your room While me and Junior have a talk Mama breaks in and says, don't lose your temper It wasn't very long ago and You yourself was just a hayseed plowboy And didn't have a road to hold My daddy said, you wasn't worth a lick When it came to brains, you got the short end of So what happens clearly is that for the for the first for the at this moment in the song we change from a third person narrator to a first person narrator. We're inside the perspective of the mother, and she lets Daddy know that he used to be Tommy in this equation, and then she's in love with the boy. Katie looks at Tommy like I still look at you. I'll get to that line later. She's in love with the boy. Changes meaning, and um, I just have a lot of feelings about the arrival of the mother's perspective in this song, but I will stop for now. Sarah, tell me, what are your thoughts in relationship to this song? Um, I began making a list almost immediately of country with a K signifiers. Yes. That um, include not only the tasty freeze, the drive-in and daddy, and um, basically a Brenda Renetti story taken off Long Island and transferred to the American South. There's also a front porch, chickens near it, uh, reference to a one-horse town, use of the word yonder, appearance of a beat-up truck, because God forbid anybody just go down to the dealership and finance a fucking new one in country music, and there's mud on it, a duh. Or get a hatchback, for God's sake. Yeah, um, there's also a fiddle and a get steel. Like, this is, you know, 100% tests positive for a country with a K. (laughs) None of that is a bad thing. It just, like, I was warned repeatedly about the 
country with a K aspects of it. And I was like, well, let's just see how many. Oh, yeah, here we go. Like, we weren't even to the first chorus. And I was like, holy shit. Um, so, yeah, not, well done, I guess. Um, <laughs> this song is interesting. And your sort of fondness for that turn is interesting because I I think it's I think it's good. I think everything that you said about it is accurate in terms of like that being a hallmark of country music and for some reason dwelling almost exclusively in that genre. But for some reason I felt a little unsatisfied. Like I think that um I think that the idea that um, like after the song is over, you sort of realize that the mother was the narrator the whole time, probably mm -hmm. in my opinion, which I think is like pretty, um, meta deep and awesome construction wise. But at the end of the song, it's sort of like, oh, well, you know, mom is on her team because she too was digmatized by a teenage, I don't know, hunk of corn pone with a nose, like at, great all better like i kind of don't i feel like we needed like one more line or t like a you know more harmony on the last chorus or something it just sort of felt like uh, you know here's the twist credits in a way <laughs> that like in other songs like this um i mean romeo and juliet is not a great example from t swift but um holes in the floor of heaven let's let's say or let's not if you really can't stand steve what's his nuts warner yes yes i i get it that song is weapons grade saccharin that gets me every time that he's like it's grandma and i'm like oh. <laughs> I, I mean jesus anyway um, this is like, you know, de definitely Malabar bunt nip, this stuff. Um, but it, it just like, it, it's like a 93, like it's, it's like almost there. Um, but with all of that said, like the fact that I sort of wrote, like I'm looking at my notes and it's like half a page of me sort of trying to write it out. Like what, what is missing here? What is bugging me? What is this poppy seed at the gum line? Um, which I would argue is um, like, that's a choice that the song makes and I don't have to agree with it. But the fact that I was kind of banging my metaphorical head against the outside of that ending and being like, I don't understand why this is like this means that it's a good, well-crafted, thoughtful song. And it's also deceptively simple seeming like, yes, there is a chet, like there's some chickens, there's a front porch, like uh, there's a dog under it. I'm sure that, um, you know, they wrote about in the follow-up in the sequel to the song. <laughs> Katie and Tommy's dog, uh, Katie and Tommy's hound, excuse me. Um, and <laughs> there right. is like, it seems like this sort of refrigerator poetry kit seeming construction that you're like, okay, yeah, it's twangy and there's a tasty freeze. Um, like, uh-huh, but it's, it's not that simple at all. Like all of these things are in fact arranged to make 
poetry, to make a story that has depth. Like, I can picture that porch Mm -hmm. and the chickens. So, I mean, I didn't really know what I was walking into with this, except that there were going to be, you know, cocks walking around on the property. (laughs) Of all Uh, types. But it was, I mean, it was really a kind of a fun thought experiment to be like, I like this and I'm unsatisfied by that. And, uh, you know, why is that? And what are the reasons why that is that are unique to country music and stuff like that? So, and I don't think I, I don't think I ever heard this song before. I know I realize that seems impossible, but like if it was popular in 1991, I would have had no contact with it. Oh, so. I can't imagine that in 91, a song like this would have made it into the Northeast. Like, oh my God. Yeah, no. Because no. <laughs> Life is New a York, highway, but not yet, and not for you. New York City famously didn't even have a country music radio station for most of the 90s. So, mm. Yeah. Um, so I am so struck by all of your analysis here, and I, I am so pleased by it because I'm just glad that no matter how you end up feeling about that poppy seed in your gums, that the song engaged you in that way. Yeah. Because I really find this song to be very masterful in less than four minutes. It really tells Mm -hmm. a short story to me. Yeah. And I agree with you. I can picture those chickens. I know exactly what it's like when he proposes to her outside of the tasty freeze. Oh, Mm -hmm. another country signifier. Of course he has to propose with his high school ring because he can't afford a wedding band. Yes, of course he does. Yeah. I mean, the fact that he even has a high school ring. Anyway. Well, and it's um, probably one of those, like, gigantic football regional champs things that weighs, like, a pound and a half, and she could fit two fingers in it, but sure. Go ahead. If if that's what's going to let y'all fuck, do what you got to do, Tommy. So I had to take a, a brief sidebar. A good friend of mine named Kate McConnell who was at my wedding, so that means you shared space with her once, but I don't expect you to remember her at all because, you know, weddings. But Kate is, um, her parents uh, have been married for ages, but they met in high school and they went on their first date in high school. And Kate's mother was a very proper woman, young woman, you know, like she was an A student type. And Tom McConnell drove a motorcycle. Oh. Okay. He wore a leather jacket. I think you know exactly what I mean. Mm-hmm. And she tells a story about being on the porch after their first date, and he kissed her goodnight, and she says, I felt a zing that went all the way to my toes, and I thought, oh, no, not Tom McConnell. <laughs> oh. Which I just love that story because they're still married after all these decades, and to me, that story is this song in a way. And yeah. the the moment when... Mama says, Katie looks at Tommy like I still look at you. Sarah, just right right now, I got chills on my arms. I have such a Pavlovian response to that. I cannot tell you, I'm not even joking, the number of times I have sat or stood or listened to this song, listened to that line, and actual tears have come to my eyes. There's just something about the moment where she is able to guide the husband into realizing that maybe their daughter is on the precipice of the great and enduring love that they have that I find so powerful. Like, I, I understand how ridiculous it is. Like, 
but I'm like even getting choked up right now. I just think it's so it's one of the most emotionally moving moments in any song I've ever heard in my life for me. And I cannot explain why. I do not I truly do not know why. I would have to do like years of analysis on myself to get to that. But there's just something about the well, actually we've talked about this before. Country songs are very often the songs where men's emotions become realized mm-hmm. and em- emotions that are different than anger, machismo, and horniness. And this song to me is a great example of that. And I have such a soft spot for any story about a country, a Southern woman who is able to use her strength and insight to force a man to have feelings. Uh, I mean, Steel Magnolias is my text for that very reason. So I have just literally had tears sometimes even like rolling down my face because i'll just imagine the whole scene and i'll imagine how everybody in the story feels and i can just imagine like mama coming out of of course on the porch there's a screen door that she mm-hmm. comes out of and Wiping it's her like hands on her apron because that's hungry. right even though it's even though it's past past midnight she definitely still has an apron on i yep. don't know why <laughs> biscuit flour on her face look it's yes. a- and i could just it's like the fact that Mama's presence isn't in the first part of the song, but it's the most powerful presence, I just feel like that feels right. So, to me, the short story effect of this song is so powerful. And Andrew has teased me more than once about how emotional I get. Because he's like, this is a solidly constructed song. I'm not going to cry, but okay. <laughs> well, I'm not going to cry either. Because here's another thing that, as you've been talking... I realized that I like about this song and am grateful for it doing. Um, this was not my experience as a, as a dating teenager, but um, the dominance of, um, you know, fathers in pop culture who are like jokingly or otherwise going to fuck you up for trying to date their female children yes is so boring and gross and i i think that like (laughs) father daughter shit is really not that complicated but certainly in my family my dad was like you know well he seems fine and it's like we broke up he's like i never liked that guy like uh, you know my dad understood what team he was on but there wasn't like he was not the one waiting up for right that was my mom and he was never he was not going to be like sort of territorial and gross in that way like that he's like does he have a decent handshake yes are you crying a lot no great he could stay like <laughs> right. you know but that in this song it's like this is sort of the basis of the this is the like you know conflict makes your story and that's the basis of the story but that the mom comes in and is like, just a reminder, you're trying to squelch everything that makes our family. Like everything that created our family is what you are now trying to squelch in the next generation. And the song successfully communicates like I can picture this dad and I can picture him looking crestfallen and being like, well, shit. Yes. Because the the unspoken and you better get your shit correct or I'll stop looking at you like that. Like, you know, b- bonehead, caveman, ca- unfrozen caveman dad. Like, and you can tell that he was like, oh, 
And then yes. like he wasn't happy about it. And, it, you know, Tommy, like, he's always like rolling his eyes during Sunday brunch and getting kicked under the table. Like, he's not perfect, but he heard his wife. He heard what was important there. And he tried to get himself correct. So I guess the song really does have an ending that I just wrote. And that that's like the the poppy seed has now come loose for me. Thank you, Mark. Trisha, <laughs> LLC. That it's like there. What happens after this is like. It sort of bugs me that it's unknown. But in the end, once I talk about it, it is known. And that's really quite something that like the song sort of has other verses that it just lets you write for yourself because the song has done all the work it needs to do. And it's like, oh, okay, you know, three and a half minutes. Bye. But let us know what you come up with for, you know, kid names for Tommy and Katie. Yes. And so. it is the, it is a very rare song that leaves chapters eight through 12 for you to write, but makes mm-hmm. it so easy for you to write them. Yeah. And I, I sort of was like, well, and also like you sort of get to the end of the song and it's like, so, okay, is Tommy just like standing out on the sidewalk, like waiting yeah. to get yelled at? Did he run <laughs> off? That's what I'd do. <laughs> it's like, it's a half hour past her curfew. Like if, if his wife asked for a word, do the smart thing, tuck and roll out yeah. of there. So I get I back in have, your mud covered truck and drive your ass away. I do have a like leave the headlights off. It's it's better. He can't he can't get a clear shot off that way. I uh I do have a couple of lingering questions, but I mean it, it's a fun it's a fun conversation. It's a fun uh journey to go on. That it's like and then Tommy wrapped his ancient truck around a pole. Like, who knows? <laughs> you should write the rest of the album just about them. Well, and this is also a, a moment, honestly, a rare moment when all of this country bullshit actually works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, the signifiers and all of the cliches, they actually somehow get spun into gold here. And I'm, I am astonished that John Imms, who wrote this song, is not even well-known enough to have his own Wikipedia page. And I don't even know if Ims is how you say his last name. It might be Imes for all the fuck I know. Like, how did someone show up, write this, and then recede into the background again? I, I don't <laughs> Like know. Homer in the Hedge. Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, damn. I feel like we have now just completed some sort of BA in the literature of country music. Mm, agree. Um, <laughs> let me ask you this before we wrap it up. Did you think I was going to have a um, Martika reaction to this? Like, where where did you <laughs> no. see this going for me when you decide when you picked the song? My, like, I feel like the repeated warnings about the capital K were like, okay, just you know, you have to accept things for what they are. And I was yeah. like, Jesus Christ, just p- you know, pick the song or don't. It's fine. <laughs> I just felt like I I thought that the structure of the song would be interesting to you, but I, I was concerned that the sound of the song might be a barrier. <laughs> this is clear by my behavior before we recorded this episode. 
But I had faith. You know, I, I think that we've both demonstrated at this point that we're willing to really dig in, even if something isn't for us. So mm. I, I suspected that you would find there would be things to talk about. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was it was an enjoyable song. Like, I think it is very stealthily um, uh, complex and smart and good. And it's not unenjoyable to listen to either. And um, just a reminder, I dragged Tim McGraw into these hallowed precincts once upon a time. <laughs> I, didn't I got expect- friends that do. <laughs> oh my God. I'm lucky to have a friend that's you after that shit. <laughs> it was like episode 50. So we we could survive. We can survive some capital K. It's going to be okay. I actually just had a sense memory of preparing for that episode and standing in the kitchen. Oh, we have a stool in our kitchen that I was sitting on and I was reading the lyrics of that song to Andrew while he was cooking and we were both just howling. I mean, uh, and and now it's over. We we never have to talk about that song again. <laughs> well, well, you know what? I'll tell you what. I'm going to hop in my beat up Chevy truck mm-hmm. and I'm going to drive on down to your house. And if you can get the chickens out of the way, you can hop on in and we'll go have some fun. Uh, are we going to the Tasty Freeze? Because it's a perfect day for some soft serve in New York City right now. Hell yeah, we are. All right. One day child, eight years old, when grandma passed away, I was a broken hearted little boy, blowing out that birthday cake. Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs is hosted by Mark Blankenship, that's me, and Sarah D. Bunting. That's me. I also edit the podcast, which is a proud member of the Believe Network. Learn more at BLEAV.com. To learn more about us, submit song requests, get a pop chart reading, or buy a Mastis book, visit our website at MarkAndSarahTalkAboutSongs.com. You'll also find all of our social media links there, too. That's Mark and Sarah, with an H, TalkAboutSongs.com. And for even more content and access to the Mastas Happy Hour, become a Patreon supporter at patreon.com slash Mastas. Thanks for listening. Sometimes if you're lonely, just remember she can see. There's holes in the floor of heaven and she's watching over. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.